0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and this is the show where we dig deeper to understand what matters most in business. If you have ever heard of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, you're going to really enjoy this conversation, because today we're going to be talking about the business hierarchy of needs. And I'm pleased to welcome Jim Gitney, who is the author of that book, The Business Hierarchy of Needs. He's also the CEO of Group 50 Consulting. Jim, welcome to Behind the Numbers.
1: Uh, It's a pleasure to be here, Dave.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about digging into this. But before we jump into the business hierarchy of needs, why don't we just set the stage by allowing you to introduce yourself to the audience and give us a little bit of a feeling for your background?
1: Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I've been at this for 45 years, worked for companies like GE, Black & Decker, Sunbeam, Rainbird Corporation, and have held positions inside those companies all the way up to the head of ops with a multi-billion dollar P and L and in 2004 left corporate America and formed my consulting firm called group 50 consulting my background for my career has primarily been a fix-it guy and when you do fix-it work you always walk into a situation where there's a need for change And there's a need to make sure that the strategy is clearly defined and that the people inside the organization are fully aligned with the changes that need to be made. Now, I'm talking about fix-it work, but if you stand back and you think about regular companies who aren't in trouble, the same principles apply And in 2013. I created the business hierarchy of needs and use it in every project we do inside of Group 50. We've applied it to over 200 projects and have helped our clients improve their top and bottom lines by over $3 million during that period.
0: Thank you. We're going to definitely be unpacking some of the particulars of the business hierarchy of needs. But let's set the frame for the audience, Jim, by allowing you to explain what the business hierarchy of needs means.
1: So if, if we can draw the parallel to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it applies to individuals. And it basically says that there are a certain number of core requirements that need to be met in order for you to achieve something called self-actualization. just psychological, there's safety, there's love and belonging, etc. And if you stand back and you think about it, if it applies to people it can be applied to teams of people and it can be applied to businesses and that's why we created the business hierarchy of needs it has three levels uh, planning and strategic planning and then knowledge and change management which is the I'd like to call the focus on the organization, the bridge between strategy and results, and then implementation. And in order to be able to do that, just like in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you need to to move through each level in sequence before you can actually get to full implementation, full successful implementation of a company's business strategy. That's why we call it the business hierarchy of needs.
0: So let's start from the beginning. Um, one of your chapters in the early part of the book is called The Most Important Goal. Uh, that, that certainly begs the question, what, what is the most important goal and how do we get started in thinking about you know, building this hierarchy and, and achieving ultimate self-actualization for the firm?
1: Well, if you, sit, if you sit and think about it, we all, we as individuals, and it doesn't matter whether I'm the CEO or I'm a supervisor on the shop floor we as individuals want to be led we want to be let in on the from what to what by when we want to know that we want that we are part of something bigger and so the most important goal is defined as the single most important achievement that the company wants to make and so that's typically defined by the owners of the company whether it's a private individual, a founder, or a board of directors, or a PE firm, or even a publicly held company, owners have an expectation on what the company is going to achieve. And so when we do strategic planning with a company, we first start with the most important goal. And so that might be Double enterprise value. It might be prepare for sale. It might be double the size of the company. Each one of those most important goals will have a unique set of needs and a unique set of strategies and tactics. Now, one of the things that I learned throughout my career, going back to the we all want to be led. If you tell me what the end game is, what the objective is, then it's a lot easier for me as an individual or as a member of a team or as a leader of a team, it's a lot easier for me to think through what I can do to help the company achieve its most important goal. As a matter of fact, in the book, I say, the very first thing a company should do is create its most important goal and communicate it to everybody in the organization and ask a simple question what can, what are you doing and what can you do to help us achieve our most important goal and it's amazing how creative and how committed people throughout the organization can be to that
0: and that's a really good segue to the next thing i wanted to discuss with you because i find it interesting that early on in your book, in certainly in conjunction with building this um, most important goal, you talk about employee engagement and leadership. What's the connection there between the engagement and leadership and achieving this most important goal, Jim?
1: So I'll go back to what I said earlier. We all want to be led. We want to know the from what to what by when. But where engagement comes in is we want to be part of the how and i learned that during my career in doing something we call kaizen where you get a group of process owners and it could be a manufacturing process it could be a business process together and ask them to ask them to improve that process and because they own it and they're responsible for it when they make recommendations on how to improve it they're fully committed to it. They're aligned with it. They've committed to it. They're accountable to it. And that's the true definition of engagement. And so what we do inside when we implement a strategic plan utilizing the business hierarchy of needs is we attempt to get as many people in the organization as possible involved in developing Involved in developing that strategy, but more importantly, involved in creating the tactics to implement it.
0: Okay, so I think you've alluded to um, what drives engagement when you talk about, you know, having a clear objective and folks buying into. We'll call it the mission. But uh, any other things that you've seen that drive engagement? Any advice that you'd offer leaders out there who are listening and watching to the program?
1: Well. You know, it, it really it really boils down to if I know what I'm accountable to and I know that I'm part of something bigger which is extremely important to the gen Z and the gen X and and Millennials they want to know that they're part they're part of something bigger then engagement and commitment to what we're going to do is a lot more important and a lot more uh implementable is the word i'm going to use now the gallup group put together a set of numbers for my book and the numbers are mind-boggling companies that have a high score for full engagement of their organization and that's all levels of their organization can realize 23 percent improvement in profitability you know 20 some Twenty, let's see, eighteen percent improvement in productivity, eighty-one percent reduction in absenteeism. So that's the pot of gold that's the end at the end of this engagement rainbow. It proves that when people are engaged and they're involved in in having a say in the their future, uh, the business. Performs much better both on the top and bottom line.
0: Yeah, I, and I couldn't agree with you more. I, I've often said that employee engagement is or discretionary effort is the holy grail of employee engagement, and that's what drives the innovation, the going above and beyond, and, and that's where the the magic really happens. And uh, the statistics that we continue to see are that uh, employee engagement generally tends to be around thirty three percent. So um, you know. Three out of the 10 people that show up at work today are engaged.
1: Yeah, it, it, and those those are disheartening numbers.
0: Yeah, when so you're just imagine... Because
1: that means that 66% of your organization, actually 67% of your organization, isn't contributing to the, the business performance like they could. Now, what's interesting about this is that most of us, if, if we know what the objective is, can figure out what we need to do, no MBA, no college education required, we know how to do it. And we use a tool called where to play and how to win as the way to communicate business strategy throughout the organization. Why? Well, because all of us know that concept from, from the very first day we walked on to the baseball field or the soccer field or the football field, we understand the idea of where to play and we understand the concept of how to win. And we also understand the concept of keeping score. And so we use that fundamental premise as a way to communicate to people throughout the organization how we are doing as individuals, how we're doing as a team, and how we're doing as a business. And the most important goal is another measure, right? So if I want to double sales, there's a simple measure to tell me how I'm doing that, how I'm doing relative to that metric.
0: Yeah, Jim, for folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more about you or where they can pick up the book, uh, tell them how they can do that.
1: So the title of the book is Strategy Realized, the Business Hierarchy of Needs. It's available on Amazon. Just type in Strategy Realized and you can pick it up there. Also, there's also a website behind it called uh, www.strategyrealized.com. And there are a whole series of workbooks and downloadable resources and supporting articles for people who want to research it a little bit more.
0: Great, thank you for that. I want to continue on here a little bit and diving deeper into the hierarchy of needs. And, And in the book, you talk about organizational design and structure. Give us a little bit of flavor for how organization design plays into this hierarchy of needs.
1: So organizational design level two, the bridge between strategy and results, is an incredibly important element to successfully implementing strategy. So if you sit and think about it, let's say that my business, uh, uh, most important goal is to double in size. Well, I think we all can agree that a business twice its size is going to need a different organization structure and is also going to need a lot more people in the organization. So when we sit down and we talk about that next few years in the business strategy, we talk about how that organization structure needs to be needs to change. Now, one of the things I talk about in the book is that the old classic organization structure, finance and HR and marketing and sales and that has become outdated because there's three principal activities in business today. The first one is market facing. Those are the the group and teams of people who do everything related to the market, whether that's marketing or sales, portfolio management, product development, providing services, etc. Then the next level. uh, The next activity behind that is the technology backbone. And as, as you and I had talked about earlier, I said, I don't. I'm hard pressed to find something that we do today that isn't driven by technology. And there's far too many of our clients who still do things on paper and who don't properly leverage the investment that they've made in technology. And then the third element uh, in organizational structure is value added activities. So that could be manufacturing. It could be the delivery of it, it's basically about taking raw inputs adding value and selling a, a, a version of those impu- a different version of those inputs to customers. And so in my book, I recommend that the future structures in business should be market facing technology, value add and finance and HR well still incredibly important to so those resources reside in each one of those three groups because they know it better
0: than a functional organization could interesting way to think about that and it's a good spot for us to take a quick break jim you sit tight folks watching and listening don't go anywhere we will be right back on behind the numbers after this quick commercial break Hi, I'm Angela Pipersberg, and I have a new show here in RVN Television called The Angela Pipersberg Show. And I want you to join me every week as I sit with guests and we discuss their life journeys, share wisdom, and tips that will inspire you to live your best life. Don't miss The Angela Pipersberg Show every week here on RVN Television, where we're celebrating life and we're inspiring you to greatness. Hi, I'm Dr. Esther Malave, and welcome to my show, Achieving a Better You. Through this show, we're gonna explore ways to make a better version of you. For example, nutrition, finance, fitness, health. Remember that there's always a way of making a better version of yourself, no matter what the circumstances are. And remember to look for achieving a better you show on RVN TV. Some say the world has never been thank more divided. You. More self-centered. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. More uncaring. Oh, thank you. Oh, miss. Thank you. That we've never been more disconnected. But through our windows we're able to see
1: so much good every day and it's
0: and welcome back to behind the numbers i'm dave bookbinder and we're talking with jim gitney who is the author of the business hierarchy of needs jim really good conversation there in that first second first segment and i want to continue this second segment by continuing to unpack this business hierarchy of needs construct Um, and i want to start with talent optimization i think that leverages from where we're talking about designing an organization and you were talking about future state of the business and what that looks like in terms of the the people component talent optimization is a word that we hear a lot or a concept we hear a lot what does that mean in in the context of the business hierarchy of needs
1: so dave prior to the break we talked about organizational structure And we talked about the fact that it's very likely that if an organization successfully implements its business strategy, it's going to look different in the future than it does today. We take the time, it's important uh, in understanding your unique business hierarchy of needs, we'll take the time to understand what type of people, are going to be needed inside the organization to run it four or five years from now and to begin the process of either developing the people inside your organization or identifying the people you need to acquire externally in order to be able to to successfully run your business once you've achieved your most important goal. Now, in, many organizations that I've been involved with both during my career and during the, uh, and with the over 200 companies we've done consulting work for, we find that a lot of times talent decisions are made at the last minute. And what we, the business hierarchy of needs attempts to do is to cause the leadership team for a company to think through, what that organization needs to look like, and what the learning maps are, what the skill sets are required in order for the talent in your organization to be able to successfully operate in the future. So let me give, let me give you an example. We talked about the technology backbone. I like to think of myself as a pretty darn good user of Excel, but I'm, that I don't use 10% of its capability. Now, interestingly enough, I find that same thing exists inside our clients, where they've made huge investments in ERP, or in uh, an internet platform, or in marketing, or in logistics, and they don't fully leverage the capability of those software packages. So Part of talent optimization is to understand what types of technology skill sets the people in your organization are going to need and how to, to allow them to gain those skills. And when they understand how to leverage the technology properly, they're then able to continue to transfer those skills and redesign business processes around it and that's all part of this complex thing we call change management.
0: Jim, are there organizations of a particular size that would benefit most from this hierarchy of needs approach?
1: <clears throat> so, it's, so thanks for that question. Um, it's a little bit less to do about size than where they are in their business life cycle. So <clears throat> I've written a series of articles around something called an inflection point. And every time an organization doubles in size, it needs to redesign itself in order to be able to double again in size. And so that means redesigning the business strategy, redesigning business processes, redesigning organization structures. And so the business hierarchy of needs applies to every business and to teams and to individuals, but it's especially critical in companies that are in inflection points, or companies that have have gone through a merger and an acquisition, or companies that need to be restructured. Because that's where the most significant risk exists in terms of successfully implementing the future.
0: Thank you for that. Because when you talked about laying out a skill map, Um, It struck me for a minute that perhaps smaller organizations might not have that kind of capability in-house.
1: Well, that may, well, okay, that may be the case, but if you sit, think about it, what happens to an entrepreneurial organization that, say, does $25 million in sales and wants to grow to 50? A, A company that's $25 million in sales is typically run in the head of two or three people. Because they're the people that brought it there. When they get to 50, they, those two or three people can no longer run it by themselves. They need to surround themselves with other capable individuals in order to, to move from 25 to 50 million dollars. And so this the thinking through the business hierarchy of needs and the skill sets needed to, to be successful, so $50 million applies equally as well.
0: Jim, we're coming down to the, uh, the final few minutes here in the program. It does go very quickly. But I wanted to talk to you about pr- kind of bringing it all home in the concept of measuring the results. Can you talk about that?
1: Yes, yeah, so it all starts with the most important goal. And the most important goal needs to be measurable. And we, as as a team, can sit and break the most important goal down into its fundamental elements. What's going to contribute to us doubling enterprise value? Or what are the things that we need to do in order to double sales? And we break those things down. It might be hiring. It might be new products. It might. It's obviously financial measures. And Everyone contributes to the success of each one of those. So we do something called cascading objectives where we work with the teams throughout the organization to identify the things, the measurable things they can do that are going to contribute to the most important goal. And we track those measurements.
0: And in, sorry, I interrupted you.
1: I was going to say it, it becomes part of the corporate dashboard.
0: Got it. So now we're able to measure. So in 60 to 90 seconds, tell us about the kind of results that you've achieved from doing this with your client companies.
1: So can you repeat the question, please?
0: Yeah. The types of results that you've achieved with your client companies from implementing this hierarchy of needs approach.
1: So for for example, one in one instance, uh, there was an organization that was in trouble that was about $200 million and losing $15 million a year. And inside of 18 months, we turned the, they turned around to increasing their sales and having over $15 million of profit, a $30 million swing. Uh, we worked with a $600 million company who had their technology backbone was in such disarray that when we ultimately define the most important goal we identified you ready for this 80 year effort years of wasted productivity inside the organization and we were able to coalesce everyone around properly leveraging their backbone we're working with a company right now who's uh, rallying cry is 47 and 27 to get the $47 million in sales and have laid out the, all of the elements throughout the business hierarchy of needs required for them to achieve that. So those are just three examples, Dave, of what I believe are very successful applications of the business hierarchy of needs.
0: Yeah, and we don't have time to go into it, but just uh, from a valuation lens, which is the the world that I live in, we talked about this about de-risking the business, and when you de-risk the business, it tends to increase valuation, and everything that you've described here really lends itself to de-risking the business. So, Jim, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I want to thank you so much for joining us today and behind the numbers.
1: You're welcome. It's been it's been my pleasure.
0: It Thank was a lot, of, a lot of fun. Look forward to hearing more about what you're up to with this. We've been talking with Jim Gitney today, the CEO of Group 50 Consulting and author of Business Hierarchy of Needs. Definitely check that book out. Like he said, it's available on Amazon. And I'm Dave Bookbinder. And I've got a couple of books that are also available on Amazon, The New ROI, Return on Individuals, and The New ROI, Going Behind the Numbers. Appreciate you checking those out as well. Thank you at home for watching and listening. Really appreciate your support. And thanks to the big cheese running the board here today for me, making the show go super smooth. That's all we have for you today, gang. We'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care.